Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. On this episode, I'm stoked to have on my Colorado brother and monkey mountain man, Sean Sewell. Sean is the host of the Engearment podcast, which he does a really good job on the show. He's had some legit guests. And he's just, he's a really thoughtful person and asks great questions and has great insights from his own personal experience and working with tons of clients. So I'd highly recommend you guys check out Engearment Podcast with Sean Sewell. And we, we went on a journey on this, which I'm loving these longer podcasts. So thanks for taking the time, Sean. But we went on a journey. We talk about this program that I've been playing around with called The Quick and the Dead, which there's actually, Sean's actually quoted in the book. So that was pretty cool to see him in there. We talk about micro workouts. We talk a little bit about nutrition. We talk about wildland fires, man. We just, we go all over the place. So it was a fun episode, great conversation. And, you know, I got to say, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I, I just, I kept losing my questions, but oh, well, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep better notes next time. So Sean, real quick, you can check him out on engearment.com. That's his gear review site. And I got to say, these guys there's, I know there's a lot of gear review sites, but I know for sure, because I've been there with him, Sean, he's up in the mountains. He's putting these things through real tests in the wild. So his reviews are legit. So if you need, if you're checking out gear for the holidays or need something new, check out Engearment and check out his podcast as well. And then he's also, his other website is Colorado Personal Fitness. So he's written books and he's just, he's a, he's a guy that's really thinking about training, fitness, movement, nutrition, lifestyle, all these things in a really thoughtful way. So I think we kind of drink from a lot of the same information streams and just a great conversation and, you know, looking forward to more with him. So please enjoy the show. We'll like connect and be like, Oh, we should, we should do a podcast. We should go do a podcast. And then it's probably more my fault, honestly, but uh, <laughs> then it never happened. So, um, I'm stoked no. to be chatting, man. I actually, I, I was also really inspired as, to talk to you as well because I just finished uh, this guy here, Quick and the Dead. Great book. Which Great we got book. some Sean Wildman Sewell Mountain Man shout out. That's uh, yeah, page forty three. Page forty three. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, have you heard the audiobook yet? I have not. Check this out. Sean Sewell. A Colorado mountain man. But the two well, that's that great. I'm so glad you uh, you checked out quickly that the space off the strong endurance protocols that we talked about last time in person. They're beautiful um, in their simplicity. Well, it's, it's still playing the oh there we are. I was not used to the added it's still playing. Oh, is it boom? All right. <laughs> for, so, real quick for those uh, for listeners, uh, that was the wild man, the Russian wild man, Pavel Tatsulin. Did I say that right? Yeah, Tatsulin. Tatsulin, yeah. Um, which he's he's founded Strong First, and Sean's been part of Strong First and has worked with Pavel. So it's um, that's in the strength and conditioning world, that's a big deal. So uh, definitely check out the book we're talking about. It's called The Quick and the Dead, and mm -hmm. uh, it's I've actually just finished it and been kind of testing it out so yeah man oh that's super exciting uh what protocols are you doing are you doing the 033 the swings and the push-ups i've been doing swings I, i've actually of, of course in in 
uh, true monkey form. I kind of hybridize. I've been doing swings and push-ups and then the snatches as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah so that's where, that's where it's at. Snatches are so fun too. When yeah. done properly, of course, it's such an effective, uh, training protocol and so simple. And to your point, like, and I hope we talk about this, about you being a father and busy entrepreneur and like kind of greasing the groove and doing like micro workouts. And so this is like fantastic for that because you can do something really intense for 15 seconds and then take a few minute break and go check on the kiddo, you know, or the kids and walk around the house and do stuff. Right. Right. I actually did a, uh, on that note, I did a, I was doing squats yesterday and, uh, I just set a five minute timer. So I'd run in the garage real quick, bang out five reps, which, you know, it takes 30 seconds max run back in. And then you've got four minutes and 30 seconds of playtime, active recovery. And then you go do it again, you know, and it's, uh, <laughs> It's just a mindset thing, you know. It's not like it's this this rocket science. It's just a, a mindset and kind of just reframing your your context and context, excuse me, and situation. So, yeah, and, and reading this was super super helpful as well. I'm glad to hear that because I know last time I saw you in person was at the Monkey uh, office up there in Boulder, and we were talking briefly about it. And, and I'm glad it makes sense now too because it is ridiculously simple and effective. The hardest concept for people to get over is all the additional rest. Like, what do you do? Like this blank space. Um, you can do a lot in that blank space. You can get very creative, you know? You don't have to just, like, go into that glycolytic zone all the time, you know, where you're just getting crushed and you're feeling sore for days. You're, you know, I actually had Dr. Craig um, um, Craig Marker on, and he did a lot of research. And so he would talk about the telomeres lengthening, like and decreasing his actual physical age and increasing his resilience and stuff. It's really remarkable stuff. Training smart, right? Oh, absolutely. I listened to that episode, by the way. Nice job. Oh, that was a good cool. one. Thank you. He's a stud. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. He's like like Brad Kearns. Like these, these are the guys that I get to like email back and forth. Like Brad just sent over, <laughs> plug to Brad Kearns, his masterful uh, macadamia nut butter. I've already eaten a third of the jar this morning. <laughs> I saw, I just actually, I just saw you post that on Instagram. How is that stuff, man? So good. It is so good. Um, do you like macadamia nuts? Yes. Yes, I, I do. It's just basically a jar of macadamia nuts with, um, maybe three other things in it. Let's see. Uh, cashews, walnuts, coconut butter, cacao nibs, and more MCT oil. Okay. Yeah. Keto friendly. Of course, if you're a keto person or you just want a delicious, awesome, satisfying snack. Shout out to the wild man, Brad Kearns, get over yourself podcast. It's a fun episode, uh, fun, fun podcast. He's a great guy too. You should definitely connect with him. Yeah, no, I've actually emailed with him a little bit. Um, you know, when he was talking about the carnivore stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. I've also emailed cause he was talking about the, um, gosh, what was it? I think it was DNA fit. Was that the genetic testing that's kind of focused on athletic performance? Oh, I don't know yet. I'd look into that. I think that's it's called really DNA cool. fit, but he had a commercial for them. But he was talking about how, you know, he was this endurance athlete and he was training this high volume of the slow steady state. But mm-hmm. when he got his kind of muscular profile back, it was he was tilted towards like power and strength. And how that, you know, he was kind of like fighting his own genetics in his training. So I was just I was curious how like how that knowledge would change. If you could go back in time, how would you have kind of done it differently from a like if you wanted to be good at endurance, but if you had this muscle profile, you know, what, how would you change that? So, um, good question. Yeah. I still don't have like the perfect answer, but I suspect I'm actually in a similar situation. So, um, what's been working for me has, or what I've used, I guess in the past has worked pretty well, actually, I think so. Yeah. Well, ask anybody as he's your, your profile that aesthetically it works very well for you too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Every time I'm like, I'm going to talk monkey day. My wife's like, can you do it shirtless? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it is a snowing today. It's maybe not today, but we got to get environmental conditioning in. You're right. Well, my colleagues, Ryan, um, this is going to sound really funny. We, we've been testing a lot of boxers and uh, sacks. Okay. Send her like a whole care package. Like it says the best things ever happened to your balls. And it's just super funny. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily we're all size medium. So I went to the gym and I gave uh, Ryan Humphreys and, and Dan and, and myself some boxers. And he's out in the snow doing a little happy dance today in his boxers. So if you want to see a very fit male jumping in the snow, check out Ryan Humphreys. <laughs> um, <laughs> happy out there can you describe quick in the dead because you're going to do it way better than i can and uh oh, sure. just kind of be bit, yeah just the general concept and oh the concept so basically um and this goes back to you know dr craig marker does a fantastic job explaining what hit is and what it isn't so let's start there hit high intensity interval training people think they're doing it it's advertised very often, you know, at gyms coming to the hit class, but really high intensity, you won't, you can't sustain it, at least high quality for more than 15 to 30 seconds. If you, and if you're going past that, you're going into what's called the glycolytic state. So there's three energy systems, basically that you want to spend a lot of time either in the aerobic, you know, hiking around and doing fun stuff, you know, playing with the kids and like, you know, long, slow duration, cardio, fantastic, whatever. Or spend some time in this quick burst of intense, safe motion, hopefully a compound motion. It, it doesn't have to be a kettlebell swing. It, be, it can be a jump. It could be a, a seal jack or a jumping jack or a, a plyometric push-up, a box jump, uh, battle ropes, using any of Monkey Dan's uh, awesome fitness tools, right? Just doing something explosively for a short duration of time and then repeating it. So it becomes hurt. High-intensity repeat training. And then uh, what Dr. Craig Marker does a great job of explaining is once you get to the point where you cannot – um, demonstrate that same level of intensity, you stop. You stop there because otherwise you're training your mind and your body bad patterns. You're training for failure. You don't want that. Like you're going to go to failure in real life. Like when we're out skiing and mountaineering and stuff, that's when you're going to hit those opportunities for growth. You don't need to push it that hard in the gym, just safely training. So long, straight longer, you know, eight to 15 seconds of uh, eight or nine out of 10 intensity. And then recover so you, until you get the talk test. So you can say at least two or three sentences coherently, and then you can repeat. That was a, a much uh, more concise and clear synopsis than <laughs> I, I probably would have been able to do. No, that's um, you. What's really well, I guess I really when I do it, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes. When I read this and I, you know, then I test it out, it makes perfect sense to me. But I think as a as a culture and a society, especially in the U.S. It's like if we're not laying in a puddle of sweat, just destroyed after every workout, we feel like we're slackers. Or at least that's kind of like the the messaging that's been given to us, you know, since age whatever. So how, how, it's in listening to Pavel talk on, you know, on Tim Ferriss, on Joe Rogan show, that's like the total opposite of kind of this focused Russian training system where it's accumulating these good reps, higher volume, but non-exhaustive. So um, like how do you – how do we switch? How do we switch the mindset? You know, it's um, that's a great question. How do we? I mean, hopefully by by seeing professionals, much more intelligent people than than me, explaining this, demonstrating it with research, just try it. <laughs> you right. know, try it for two weeks. What do you get to lose? I, I can. I don't want to say any kind of guarantee, but I think you're going to find you don't get as much congestion muscularly. You know, you don't get fatigued. Heck, you might feel more energized. Well, I always do afterwards. It's like a nice cup of coffee. And you, 
basically the way I look at training, the way Pavel and all these people look at training is, you know, train intelligently for life outside. And you and I love outdoor recreation, right? Right. I don't want to spend time in the gym. Right, right. <laughs> I'd rather outside with you. Right. <laughs> and hopefully, if you're listening to this or watching this, you would rather be outside doing something with your loved ones or friends as well. And so just keep that in mind that results are more attractive than, than entertaining fitness training programs. You know, like, and that's hard to sell because a lot of people go to or went to a gym at least after work, blow off steam, do a kickboxing class, do a high intensity interval class, because we've been taught that that's what's what fitness is, but it's not really true. Like, you could be kind of fit, but then you're neglecting your health. And the only time fitness comes before health is in the dictionary. So, health first. That's <laughs> <laughs> a Brett Jones quote. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's got nuggets. Every other sentence he says is just like, I'm taking notes. That's perfect. You know. What's his name again? Brett Jones. Brett Jones, okay. Yeah. The man, the myth, Brett Jones. One thing reading Quick and the Dead, what what I kept thinking of is we just we just shipped Monkey 360s recently and you know, it's this rota- it's this explosive rotational training device really and um it, to me it was like, oh my gosh, it's just the perfect thing for this type of program where you're doing short, intense, you know, full octane reps with you know full rests in between and these clusters so we're working on uh, i'm actually releasing a new program hopefully in january we're going to update the app but probably subsequently do more of like a quick in the dead-esque inspired at least program so i'm super oh, I psyched love that. yeah i've had good success um using i think it was an isoquary sent over and like explosive chops right right like push presses or rows, those were great. And it was funny when I, when the very first time I, I went to the course three and a half years ago for strong endurance with Pavel, it was in typical Pavel stoic fashion. You only do these two exercises, right? right, right. And I was like, I kind of want to tweak it like you. I'm like, I think I want to add some jump squats in there, you know, play around with it. And then I was swapping notes with Craig Marker and he's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Have you tried it on the concept two rower? Have you tried it on an echo bike? Have you tried it? Anything. Anything where you're just exerting safely and repeating the process and recovering. Exactly. Go with it. Yeah. Use your tools for sure. They're, they're portable and fantastic and high quality. So, yeah, use them up. What – um? Oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, so one thing that it's always – I think another thing that's hard for folks to kind of follow and understand is – like how this explosive short training, how does that translate to endurance? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. And uh, again, there's way more intelligent people that can explain this in better science and research. But basically, in a nutshell, we're training your engine, the mitochondria. We're making the engine bigger and more efficient. And therefore, you have more capacity to do more things. So, Okay. Wow. That was, <laughs> that's it. That's it. And so. I need to refresh on my uh, exercise physiology, but mitochondria are like essentially the machines inside your cells that are, they're making ATP, correct? Yeah. Adenosine triandiphosphate. And then as it releases, um, there's a whole bunch of chemical reactions. Basically, if you can positively affect that mitochondria and it becomes more resilient and it has more capacity, then you have more capacity to go for a couple more ski runs or go for a longer hike. You know, life's great. And then also, um, it, there's a word for this. I'm gonna, I don't want to miss say it, but um, when cells become weak, this this kind of training also helps kind of clear out the non-performing cells. Kind of it's like myotrophy. I forget. Dead dead cells go away. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
And that's where the health benefit comes from. Right, right, right. Um, there's, there's two ways to approach it. There's more than two ways, but the basic two ways is doing it fasted for health benefits. So if I'm like really wanting to get my heart rate variability maximized, you know, like to 100 or even I've had it higher than 100, which I didn't know was even possible. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 140. I was like, what? So I must have had a really good night of rest and really good nutrition the last few days before that number. But um, if if that's the goal, health is the goal, I recommend, and, and Craig Marker recommends fasted. And um, if you want more of a athletic gains, then, you know, eat before you do it. So you can push a little bit harder probably. Right, right. I've been, I've been doing the, uh, the morning fast. It just, it's quick. It's easy. I just, you know, it's 30 minutes max. And, um, I'm trying to think, cause in, I remember in the book it was, yeah, morning fasted or afternoon for like peak power and explosiveness. And I remember in college, you know, we always practiced and lifted generally in like that kind of one to four was typically our training window, which I always felt good. And, you know, in the morning, man, it's like, especially for strength and power when it's like a first thing in the morning, I just, it's one, I think it's like a motivation thing. My nervous system just isn't fired up in the same way. I'd rather just go walk, hike or, or run yeah. or whatever, you know, just that slow, steady state first in the morning and then afternoon, like bring it from the power yeah. and speed perspective. So oh, I like it. And you know, your circadian rhythm better than anybody right. else, right? right. It's going to be individualized for sure. But like you, um, I, I still get up pretty early. And so if I'm going to do a, a fasted, I like to be fasted for cognitive benefits too. I know you do a lot of creativity as a business owner. Sure. I find um, if I'm fasted, I can get more work done and more writing. But if I really want to go, you know, lift some heavy stuff and put, push around pretty fast, I definitely <laughs> want to have some fuel in the tank. Oh, for sure. Actually, you know what? You brought up a very good point because the wild man, he's up in Alaska, Nick Leah, he's a... um helicopter pilot up there for the coast guard. He had a question about intermittent fasting. Is that cool. something do you, is do you, what's your fasting? How does that fit in your training? Oh yeah. I accidentally fast. Sure. It's just pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, aside from that macadamia, that's the only thing I've had today and a cup of coffee. I, you know what? I just, I've gotten in a routine where my last meal is 6 PM. Okay. And, and it's, it's probably my biggest meal of the day. So I really eat between like, 10 and six or noon and six. Okay. And it's not intentionally, I just don't have an appetite in the morning anymore. Cause I, I know I, I cognitively, cognitively perform better when I'm fasted and I have a lot of work to do or I get to do a lot of work. So sure. why not do it fasted? If I eat, I become my, my theory is my body starts focusing on processing the food and mm. less cognitive. And so, you know, if I'm going to see family or hang out with the nieces or something, yeah, I'll eat with them, have breakfast and then we'll just be lazy and run around the backyard. But, uh, you know, if I need to get work done, I'll do it fasted. Sure, sure. I mean, that makes total sense. Just, you know, if you eat a bunch, there's more blood in your gut, you know, versus your head or wherever. So it makes total sense. I, yeah. I've played around with it. I, I guess what I've, what I've definitely noticed is like I can, I could wake up early, go for like a really long run or hike or climb and almost not eat and feel pretty good. Um, but I think. I think doing for me personally, I think doing the intermittent fasting on a regular basis, like every day people do like the, what is it? Usually the six and eight, or excuse me, the eight and 16. That's yeah, pretty eight, standard, right? Eight, yeah. Eight hour eating window. You know, for me, it's just like, I think I need more food. I think it's just a body type thing. And like, I remember even Brad actually mentioning it on his show. Like I just, I think I was under fueling with all the activity, you know? So yeah, you're, you're high output kind of, yeah, you need a lot of food. <laughs> well, I just, I, I think I don't, 
I think, you know, listening what's working for like anecdotally what what it might be working for someone, then yeah, I don't believe I definitely believe it's working for them, but you know, if our energy output's different, it's just, you know, again, it's just an individual thing. I I've always always felt like nutrition has been a you know, it's just an individual journey and I, there's certainly foundations to build upon, but I just, I've always been hesitant to give like super specific advice to people because I just, I really believe it's, it's an individual thing, you know, hundred percent. I agree with you so much. And, you know, obviously I get hired to help people with this and I, it's such a tricky situation because everybody's a little bit different and we evolve and right. we change almost day to day. Like there might be a day like today where it's a nice you know, funny, fun, snowy day. We don't do a whole bunch of stuff, but if it's you and me, we're outside, we would have probably burnt 4,000 calories climbing a mountain and split boarding, you know, right. and that's the case. We're going to have a whole bunch of chicken wings or something, right. To refuel. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Well, I think like, I, I'm not trying to like pump, pump myself up or us up, but I, I just, I think like the middle of the bell curve of normal activity for most people, especially in the States is just not even, we're, we're very, we're so far on that. Uh, long tail. It's like, it's just, it almost needs its own new data set. You know what I mean? So, um, that's a good point. And especially a lot of people working from home now, you know, I mean, I see it so much like my wife is in HR at a law firm and uh, she's working full time from home. Thank goodness. And I just got her a a sit stand desk because I I made the observation. Like she used to go to the, you know, kitchen and get water and, and talk with people. Now it's just the dogs talking to us. And so, you know, we're trying to like get some kind of routines and movement in, and um, I can't even imagine what it's like in other people's homes sure. who don't have the resources we do as far as like sit-stand desk or, you know, a proper office setup. Um, I can only imagine there's probably a lot of mental and physical things that are going to come out of this last eight months that are going to need some addressing for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder, because I, I ran a gym at a, at Oracle um, yeah. for many years and you know, people, it was really awesome. Cause you were like the fun guy. You were like the relief. People would come in, blow off steam. It was awesome. Like, you know, it was just positive, ad- positive vibes the whole time. I, but, but it was like this little safe space. People could come to move, stretch, whatever. Cause I just, I never, you know, you'd see these magazine articles or whatever. It's like six stretches to do at your desk. Blah, 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 blah. I just don't, I never saw people doing that. And I just, there's something about that environment that it's just your product of your environment, right? If you're not in an environment to move, if you're not dressed to move, you're not going to move. But I, right. I wonder if when people, since people are at home now, I wonder if there's like this, I wonder if people are taking advantage of the opportunity to do more like the micro workout thing or actually, you know what I mean? Kind of mix it into the day. That's a great question. Unfortunately, you know, here's an observation. So back in March when this all started happening, I had two gyms. One was inside a, a corporate law firm. Like okay. Oh, yeah. It. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that closed because keeping everybody safe. And then my other gym closed too. So in like one day, 80% of the people I, I got to work with just kind of stopped, right? And so I reached out to them. And um, some of them reached out and said, hey, you know, I don't have equipment at home or I have very limited equipment, but I still want to keep up with activity. So, I mean, after this podcast, I, I, I get to do a group Zoom class all across the, the nation with all the employees. And so I'll have oh, like nice, eight man. to 15 people on the Zoom. And then I'm like, what do you have today? You have a dog for, okay, dog squats it is. What do you got? A big old detergent? <laughs> that's, your, that's your dumbbell, you know? <laughs> Just getting crafty with people, right? right, right. It's fun. Like there's days where there's more dogs on the Zoom than there's people. And I, I love those ones. <laughs> Our dogs come in too. And it's a lot of fun. And But again, like you did, you created a, a positive uh, outlet for people they look forward to. 
if people can reformat um, their mindset a little bit and realize that they can do this in their living room or their hallway or on their deck in the backyard or in the snow if they want to, they still have that opportunity to compartmentalize and, and invest in themselves. And hopefully they find a trainer or a program or your app or whatever it is to have structure and accountability. Maybe they can get their neighbor to do it with them virtually or somebody, just something to look forward to. I think we all need community now more than, more than ever. Right. For sure. Oh, absolutely, man. And you know, I, I just, I was reflecting on this before we started or before this morning, before we got on, but you know, I was thinking about it. Most of the stuff I do training wise is body weight. You know, yeah. I, I do a ton of yoga Nice. And then, you know, just body weight, like calisthenics type stuff, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, whatever, squats, squat jumps, lunges, blah, 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 you know. And it's, uh, I don't know, maybe I just take for granted, like, having this kind of bank in my mind. But, gosh, man, with YouTube and the internet, it's like, there's just, there's an infinite amount of resource to to use. I think, you know, I I, I think where, where we've been fortunate is we get to apply our creativity and enjoyment of this particular realm to share with people and, you know, make a living out of it. So yeah, we're very fortunate to yeah, be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's fun to be able to like, you know, a scientist of movement in a way, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so true. You know, I, I'm going to bring this into, uh, I do have a gym now where I get to still work with people one-on-one and safely and outdoors, which is great. Like last, last Monday, I think it was snowing here in Denver and we're training. Most people are training for ski conditioning or snowboarding. Right. So I'm like, put on your bibs. We're going outside and we use the, the isocore and other things, the monkey bars and uh, had a good old time, but, um, long story longer. Uh, yeah, definitely grateful to be able to still help people. Cause I know a lot of people just kind of shut off like this, this will pass in two weeks. This will pass in a month. Right. And then the ones that did not give up and stuck with it are, are setting what we call pandemic PRs, you know? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Cause there's a little more access to the kitchen now. You make a nice sandwich or whatever it is to eat because it's just right there. It's you know, the excuse of not doing that. Maybe you can sleep in an extra half an hour because you don't have a commute probably. So there's an opportunity to be to, for greatness here for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Do you – how is the – you know, I, I haven't – I'm trying to think. I haven't really done a formal like – I've never done a formal personal training or training session over, you know, virtually. How, how is that? Like how do you like it? Does it – you think oh. it's effective? Yes. Um, fortunately, Dan, because you have a nice camera and audio setup, you know, so okay. you're already set up for this in a great way. A lot of trainers don't have the technology background that you and I have or the, the tools or the desire to learn how to do it. So they're just putting their phone up against something and it's, it's crap, I'd be honest, right? Sure. Not that they are bad trainers. It's just it's not presenting the best service. And I, I, um, I this is overkill for sure. I have four cameras and I have them set up different places and I have an HDMI switch and I've got wireless microphones. And uh, it, so it's a – in my experience, a very good service. And, and I record each one to make sure that there's, if there's anything I do better, I'm going to do better next time, of course. And so I'll show you the switch. I almost set it up for you, but yeah, I use this to record uh Pavel's strong endurance event and stream it live Whoa. to like a hundred people. Yeah. It's so cool. I'll, I'll walk you through this sometime and I can do picture in picture so I can have your head in here. We can do a little infographic of the new, uh, you know, black Friday drop for the monkey products. That's and then wild, man. A video. it's cool. You can do fade to black and cross in and, you can, uh, each one has its own microphone channel. It's okay. pretty quick. So that's how I do it. Um, and so it, it goes through zoom. I have a dedicated, um, you know, the highest speed internet possible. So it only crashes once every 10 times, which is just how it works. You know, sure, sure. <laughs> it, oh, when I was recording Pavel's thing on day two, it crashed three or four times. Very embarrassing and very humbling to be like, Pavel, time out. Can you repeat that? 
no, I will not repeat that. That <laughs> <laughs> was definitely on the seat of my pants the whole time. Oh, um, technology just breaks. That's how it works. But sure. if you can have backup cameras, like the one camera might freeze if I have for more than four hours straight. So I'll just pan to a different camera. And then my wife, <laughs> this is great. You know, you're married too. Like oftentimes they ask, how do we get involved with fitness? And you're like, oh, I'll train you. And it doesn't always happen. Now she works in the law firm. And I'm like, she's my model. So she'll come in here nice. and do the exercises as I'm telling pirate jokes and, and doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a fun journey for sure. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, through zoom, it works. Um, I have not had good success with the Google or the Microsoft teams or anything. Okay. Um, but it's, it's definitely doable. And also what I've done for my one-on-one -on -one people is I'll record, uh, say a four or five minute circuit or like a, the mobility drills. And I'll put it up on YouTube, either unlisted or public if I want to share with people and then have a link to them like, hey, make sure you do this before the session starts so we can spend majority of the session assessing your movement patterns um, and or, you know, going through the program in real time. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Either it's a movement assessment and like program details or it's like in real time and it's just like it would be in person. Right. Well, so yeah, I think it's pretty effective. You got to make a tutorial like your camera set up for you get you could sell basically a class of how to set up a, a virtual train for virtual trainers. I will do that today. I, I think that's, that's a okay. pretty. That's a I feel like there's definitely a market for that because yeah, I most you know most of my friends are trainers and strength coaches and you know they're just not on that level of tech savviness and I'm certainly not either. So I that's something I'd be interested in personally. I would I love it. How about we'll do this? We'll do like different price points, like the yeah. three hundred dollar price point, the five hundred, yeah. the one thousand, and then the bonkers. Right, right. But the bonkers is because I have a YouTube channel, right? So like I want to make sure the content's good for that. Uh but you don't need the bonkers. I think um a wireless microphone, hundred to two hundred dollars, wireless uh road is like the standard. Okay. And that's the same standard they use on like all YouTube channels. That and then your iPhone will work um just fine. Or your iPad or okay. your um if you have a camera, you can get something called a capture card for like 60 bucks. So right now I'm using a, a Panasonic camera like you have. Okay. You have the G4, right? I have the, think, the G7. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fantastic camera. Yeah, gets the job done. Oh, yeah. Your videos are fantastic. So you have an HDMI out port. It goes into the capture card, goes into the computer. And then all of a sudden you went from a webcam to uh, prime lens, bokeh, all the good stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, this I was going to say, like, gosh, your video looks really good. Thanks, man. It's, it already had the tools, right? And right. so this is like a cheap camera with a cheap prime lens. Okay. So this is the five hundred dollar option right here. Okay. Okay. What yeah, uh? But, what's your YouTube channel? Just so folks can on oh, the monkey side can find it. Oh, check it out. Yeah, ingearment dot com YouTube, and um, on there you'll find like a lot of gear reviews. We, we've been working with a lot of outdoor research this week. Eleven eight from Sweden, Patagonia, all the Patagonia stuff. The Das Parka, the new one with Aerogel, uh, Mountain Hardware. Um, and soon splitboarding very soon. Yeah. Need more snow, but yeah, yeah. a lot of splitboarding stuff yeah. in there. Just on the monkey side for those of you guys listening. So Sean, he has a website. It's engearment.com, right? And Inge I'll, I'll link all this on our side, but engearment.com. He has gear reviews and the dude, I just got it. The dude goes out and they're testing it. It's not just like they open the package and, oh, this looks nice. You know, he's out there in the yeah. wild, in the mountains, testing and using it. So, um, you know, if you guys are looking for outdoor gear, check them out. They're uh, they're legit. I really appreciate it. Oh and yeah, I'm for sure. I get to do this with people like you, Dan. I mean, we went camping twice in this in the snow. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun. I, and I today put up the video of uh, our first monkey training session, and that was a good powder day too. That was a fun day. Oh yeah, that was, no, that was still. Gosh, that's probably in my top 
It's for sure top ten. It might be top five powder days, honestly. Oh, I think 1. so. 100. Yeah, yeah, that's that awesome. was a great day. So we went. Uh, Sean's we got his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a good time. Uh, Sean's a, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, split boarding is essentially like a snowboard that splits in half and turns into like kind of a ski snowshoe uh, hybrid. So you can like hike up the mountain, you snap the board back together, and then you can shred shred your face off going back down. Oh, it's so fun. And there's one right there. That one's uh, carbon graphite, actually. I think okay. that was one I was using when we were riding. Okay, okay. Yeah, I recognize the, the logo. Yeah. It looks awesome. So the logo, that's, that's an Oz board made in with a wind-powered facility up in Arvada. And those bindings are Spark carbon okay. graphite. Okay. I'm actually in the market myself, so I'll, uh, I'll have to hit you back up to get those specs. I work with Spark R&D for their fitness video a few months back, so okay. got it for you. Okay. Yeah. For sure. They make us, they're all handmade in, in um, Bozeman, Montana. Okay. Nice. So, nice. Okay. So back to quick in the dead, you, um, how long did you do that protocol? Oh, I've been doing variations of it since I have my notes. My, my, my whiteboard is a mirror right here. Um, it was August 1st, 2017. So the day after the seminar, I started. Oh, wow. Okay. And you, yes. you're still doing that today. Yes. Okay. Inspirations of it. And was kind of fun too. So um, three weeks ago, give or take, we hosted Pavel at our, our second location of our gym, Project Move. And um, since the very first um, Strong Endurance Seminar, they've taken a lot of notes and applied things. And so there was more than just these two protocols. These are the two most um, studied and easy to duplicate, meaning you can do this protocol. So start there. But once you have some time in it, you know, several months in, you can get pretty funky with some stuff like snatch walking and loaded carries and like really fun stuff that it's, it's a fun because you should and you will progress to a point where it won't be uh, as night and day results. Like you can, you can stay in this forever as like a, a maintenance program. And I have during split boarding season. So I'm not trying to like peak. I'm just trying to stay in shape and not injured. And it works great for that. But say you're in the off season and you really want to, increase your deadlift or increase something, right? You can do a more specialized program. And uh, so I've been doing variations of it for, what is that, three years and two months? Okay, okay. And I have, every once in a while, I will go and I don't compete. I'm not competitive at all, but I will like hang out with a friend who's a fellow fitness professional and do something like um, uh, a 500 meter row just to get an idea where I stand with people. And then um, the worst one I did was the Echo Bike. You ever done the Echo Bike? Yes. Yes, I yeah, have. It's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> My just... friend was like, how fast can you do 10 calories? And I did it in like 11 seconds. And uh, I, was, I was happy with the results, but I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, I don't, there's something, I don't know if it's maybe the way you kind of like have to hunch over a little bit or something on it. But, man, that thing just – there's very few, th- very few things that jack you up like that. I mean, it's just, I just can't think of even like doing burpees as fast as you can. It's not, I can't think of anything else, honestly. Yeah. I kind of want to get one for home. Oh just yeah. It'd be perfect for home. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, they're like 800 bucks. They'll the last forever. Um, yeah. And for me, the, the throw is just right. I think it's okay. not too sure is it the throw is not really adjustable. I don't think so. If you're between Dan and I size, it's, it's a good good tool right oh wow. yeah i feel like you're quite a bit taller than me i don't know man i'm like you, five i'm like five seven and a half on a good day i'm a little guy little guy okay. you're a you're a strong guy, you're strong guy. <laughs> um maybe five there's eight. a 
There's a bike though that I, I think for home use is pretty good, and it's like 350 bucks. It's the Marcy, and it's metal, um, and it's got a shoulder throw. And okay. I was I was testing it out. I did a Q and D session on it. Okay. So um, just all out for like 10 seconds, and then resting until top a minute, and it worked fine for that. Okay. So. And how did how did Quick and Dead for you compare to like um, Simple and Sinister? Like, oh, good question. I believe we, I know for sure Pavel redid Simple and Sinister to reflect on the um, anti-glycolytic training, meaning uh, change the parameters of the timing to okay. allow for more rest. So, um, I liked Simple and Sinister for mechanics. Okay. Turkish getup is like I, one of the best exercises that most people don't do, right? Because it takes a lot of time and a lot of learning to do safely and correctly, but you can do it with a, your shoe or, no, or a bottle of water. It's just the, the pattern is important, right? And then once you get proficient with that, then you can start loading the pattern and then swings. I love swings. So yeah, I, I like Simple Sinister, but as far as like, I think a person, if they're looking at both programs, should probably start with Simple and Sinister, get the mechanics down, right. be proficient, and then go for the ballistics, right, right. which would, you can quicken the dead. For sure. For sure. Do you, does, I should know this, but I remember listening to Pavel talk about, you know, if he, he was kind of focusing more on weightlifting, like Olympic weightlifting, but is, does he have the strong first, do they have a book that's more barbell focused or weightlifting focused? They do. There's a certification called SFL strong first lifter. Okay. Um, I went through that last August with doc Hartle. You would love doc. He's such an intelligent person. He's got our, our sense of humor. Okay. Um, Eric Tomei said humorous. He would expect you to laugh like humorous, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that guy, kind of humor. Um, and he loves Metallica. Uh, yeah. So it focuses on the, the tra- I'll say traditional uh, deadlift, whether conventional or sumo, okay. um, squatting, zercher squat. You ever do zercher squats? You know, I've tried them a handful of times, but it just killed that flap in my elbow. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, for me, it works really well, but for my colleagues like Ryan, he did not like it at all. Either. Okay. I, I search or squat my dogs all the time. I get under their bellies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, then there's the bench press and then the uh, military press. And then there's there's um, other tools in the toolkit. There's the, the hardle plank, which is a hard style plank. Um, so just strong irradiation, you know, for like 10 seconds and then rest for five, which is a really good way to get the core activated. There's the good morning, which is not something you should do really heavily loaded, but it teaches really proper hinging. Um and there's a, f- a few other drills like that, but basically it's the deadlift, um, the squat, whether front squat, bodybuilding wise, front squat regular or back squat or high, you know, high bar or low bar. So it teaches you all the ones and you can find out what works best for you and what works best for your, your clients or students. Okay. So yeah, there's a full on certification for it. Okay. What, what's like their general approach to, as far as like loading and reps and sets and like that, what? A good question. Um, even they have a body weight program too, the strong first okay. body weight program. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was based off of um, – sorry, they're scraping snow. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Every time I do a podcast, it's either the trash, UPS, or dogs go right, crazy. Right. <laughs> Just how it works. Uh, and that one's based off of hollow holds, uh, pistol squats, air lunges, which I think are really fun, um, kind of like a shrimp squat, and um, the tactical pull-up, which I – you know, right here as opposed to close grip right here. Right. Um, and some other really cool tools to, I think a person, if they're going to do it, this is and actually Eric Frohart, retired Navy SEAL, who was the former CEO for Strong First, said shit in this order too. Start with the body weight, go to the kettlebell, and then if you'd like to learn more, go to the barbell one. Right. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm really just, I'm personally shifting to like 
I guess it was kind of like an intuitive journey to like this kind of more micro workout, workout all day concept. Mm-hmm. And you know what I actually got it from was bow hunting is where it really clicked was because I'm up, you know, an, at least an hour or two or three before the sun rises. Mm-hmm. You're moving all day. You're doing these little kind of micro sprints. You're moving, you know, through timber up and up. You're just you're going through this huge range of motion all day long. There's certainly bouts of high intensity, but the vast majority is, you know, it's, it's, you know, zone one, very aerobic. It's, yeah. it's easy, you know, it's, it's generally easy, but you're just doing it all day long. And I just had this thought like, gosh, this is kind of, this is probably like a really good example of what, you know, evolutionary human movement looked like. Yeah. Know? And so it really just, and, and this was in the last couple of years, I've really started to think about this. So I'm like, how can I, how can I like essentially live like a hunter gatherer in my, in my office with my, you know, IMAX screen, you know? So it's, and, and uh, you know, listening to Brad's podcast, he, I think it was with dude spellings. He, uh, he was talking about his micro workout regimen and the dude was doing like hunt. Like, I want to say it was like 300 push ups a day, over a hundred pull-ups squats and you know walking slash running you know several miles and it, and it wasn't like a big deal it was just kind of you know he would take these 10 15 minute breaks and it would just aggregate throughout the day and that it, what stood out to me the most and what i've experienced in general is i just have so much more i'm not burnt out at the end of the day i'm tired i feel good but i'm not like exhausted like after doing like a crossfit workout right you're accomplished exactly yeah I dig it, you know, and to your point, Brad actually pointed out, he's like, you can't not pick up those kettlebells, you know, and like throw them around every once in a while. So that's what, like, like what you do. I'll get it from this and I'll, I'll spend 10, you know, five, 10 minutes and just go through some movements, you know, if not uh, flexible steel drills, mobilizing, if those are done for the day, then I'll, I'll do several sets of swings or I'll, you know, knock out some push ups or something. Right. Just it all adds up. Like you said, you actually brought that to my attention last time we talked and I was like, yeah, it's a fantastic way. And now that most of us are working from home quite a bit more, and if you have access to any of these tools, then why wouldn't you just grease the groove and get some movement in? Right, right. Can yeah. can, can you speak to grease the groove as far as like just you you're you, you're able to package these things in such a concise, digestible statement? Can you talk about grease the groove real quick, just for the monkeys? I really appreciate that. That was very kind. Um, grease in the groove. So basically. I, I think, and I think a lot of people agree, the strength, you already have the strength. It's just like, how do you open up the, the, the pathways to let that strength out? Practice, just getting the reps in, right? And those reps don't have to come in, in order all in like a, a half hour bunch. They can come like three here, five there, three over there. It'll accumulate. And you'll notice like, oh, that pattern is becoming more efficient. That weight is becoming more manageable. And it, it just... You're greasing the groove like like water eroding through the earth or creating a new uh, canyon. You're just greasing this groove until it's almost involuntary. Like, that is my squat pattern. I can load it. That is my hinge pattern. I can load that. The the pull-up is not a problem. The, the pistol squat is just a, I can do that and play with the knees. It just becomes part of your pattern by greasing the groove. And is there, like, is there an actual like physical change, like the, in like the mile and sheath or something like that, where it's like, you're just improving that, that electrical current essentially. I, I would think so. I can't speak to that. Um, okay. I think correct. Okay. I think, gosh, I, I'm, I swear I've heard that. It might've actually been from Pavel, but, um, I do remember hearing something about like, 
you know, that neuromuscular junction, essentially there's, there's a literal physical change from just the myelin sheath around the nerve, just creating a better insulating effect. So that nerve transmission is more efficient, I guess. I um, like it. I dig it, Mickey Dan. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm speaking accurately or not, but I think there's something along those lines. So, so it yeah. sounds good. I like it for sure. And how? So for grease the groove, we we actually did this was gosh like in uh, the Wildman Earl shout out uh, Wildman Earl from Norway. Yeah, Earl. Wildman of the North. Uh, we did a we did a pull up thing back in like 2015, and it was kind of grease the groove esque. But I haven't looked. I haven't looked into Grease the Groove since then. Really, it just I, so it's slowly eroded out of my mind because I haven't been greasing that groove. So, can you talk about maybe more on like a um, like practical level what those kind of reps and stuff look like? Oh, sure. Well, to be totally honest, um, that the technique Grease the Groove has been around for for a long time with Pavel, and I I got involved with Strong First in 2014 or 15. So it was before when I got involved. Okay. And my understanding is when I've when I've heard and learned Greaser Groove has been uh, interwoven with the, the SFG and SFL and SFB certifications. So not specifically out of like Power to the People or Naked Warrior or other books like that prior to um, my education with Strong First. But basically, my interpretation of Greaser Groove is just um, you, you can pick, say it's overhead press, military press. Um, you don't, like I said, don't have to do it all in one set. You could just pick it up and do a couple of presses and then go check on the kid or go get the mail. And then you come back and, oh, there's that kettlebell. Let's go do a couple more. Usually low reps, three to five, right? Um, if the weight's really, really light and you're wanting to practice a pattern, perhaps maybe 10 or more repetitions. But you don't want to go to fatigue, right? Not going to fatigue. And you're not trying to like break a sweat or whatever or work out. You just, I, I hate to reuse the words grease to groove. You just, you know. Refining that pattern. Right, right. You do it often. And it, it does add up, as you've experienced. It does have a beneficial accomplishing effect right. without the muscle congestion and, you know, burnout. Right, absolutely. Well, and, you know, just thinking about it off the fly is, you know, when, like, the one-hour class is kind of, you got to get everything in. And it's just, it's a, it's a factor of the time. You just, the density of training has to be accomplished in that you know, whatever time it is. So therefore it's going to be less rest and potentially more fatiguing. But when you have more time and you're also in an environment where you can do these things, that's where I think you can make that jump. You know, I, I just, I get it where it's like, if you, if you're going to the gym to train, which isn't, isn't a bad thing in itself, it's just, you have to accomplish what you need to accomplish in that time, in that space. Whereas if you have a home, like it sounds like we do, you know, you can kind of, <laughs> You can be doing this, you know, all day long, essentially. So there, there is, we are products of our, of our environment in that way. And that, that's something that's kind of driven our, our products as well as, you know, trying to make it easy to fit seamlessly into your life, you know? Yeah. Well, here's a concept for the listeners and viewers. Go buy Dan's products. They're really, really good products. And then keep them close to you. Keep them out. Don't put them away. Keep them attached to the back of the door or wherever you use them, right? And that way you you walk by like I should probably use the monkey bar too. It's right there. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just knock out some rows or some curls or some squats or whatever it is. You're gonna feel so much better. And it's just right there. Like make it accessible. Like uh Brad did a great job of this. He's like, whatever's around you in your environment, right? That's affecting you. And my wife is like, uh, what is that Japanese like spiritual organizer lady? Um, I forget, but Marie oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. 
She's like that, right? So everything in our home is very intentional, has a purpose and a place. And if it's not a place, we know. So um, it also creates for like more efficient use of stuff, right? right. Like we're, if we haven't used something in six months, we give it to a friend or donate it. It's not bringing us joy or whatever. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, make things accessible and you'll use them, right? Um, like I always have my gratuity journal right there at my desk. Oh, nice. You know, you've been in this journal before. Oh, thanks, man. Of course. No, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, just having these kinds of patterns out, and I'm not the best person. I shouldn't be giving this kind of advice because I don't always practice it. But it <laughs> make it accessible, and there's a good chance to use it. And if you use it, you, you'll probably benefit from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like uh, – I, I think I want to – I think the micro workout, work all day concept, I think what's lacking, I, I think the problem potentially could be for folks is it's just, it, you know, you can ha- write out like a workout program that you can do just at the gym, for example. It's going to take X amount of time. It's just, it's this finite thing. What I've noticed in the micro workout kind of conversation, it's, it's almost too abstract. Like no one's really taken it and created like the, okay, today, Every 50 minutes, you're going to stop what you're doing and do X, Y, Z. You're going to do that for eight hours. You know what I mean? I think that's just like you need like that treasure map, you know, that's like every step of the way. You know, I think that would really, really get folks on board. So let's make it. Let's yeah. Do well, it. you mentioned, you know, pirates earlier. So shit, man. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's make the pirate map. Find the booty. Oh, all about the booty. This is a triple entendre. I love it. And we can solve a lot of problems here. This is great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's just – I actually bought – I don't have them with me. They're at my house. But I bought some um, hourglass timers. So I have a 45-minute one and a 15-minute one. My my thought – my the reason being is I wanted a break from technology. Like part of, part of the idea for me was like I want to get away from the computer, get away from my phone. Mm-hmm. So if I have the hourglass, I don't have a ding, another ding going off. I actually, I don't, I, the only thing I get is calls and texts. I turn off all notifications, but, um, just, just this kind of tactile physical thing, this hourglass I can use as a reference for, okay, time for a, uh, a micro sesh, you know, I dig that. And I also, what I like about the hourglass actually is it's not interruptive. Like, you have to notice it, but it's not like this thing that, you know, you're in the middle of something, a conversation like this, whatever, and you hear bing, right? The mm-hmm. hourglass, I have to, I have to notice it. And it kind of like, it kind of gives you that uh, sense of urgency as well. It's like, all right, boom, 45 minutes. I got to, I got to hammer down, get this done. And then you're looking forward to that break. So I, you know, it's still, I haven't, I haven't been using it every single day yet, but it's been a, it's been a process that I've been enjoying so far. That's really cool and actionable. I like that. I'm going to ask that for Christmas. Amazon, I, uh, baby. Amazon, exactly. <laughs> I bought my wife an a Apple Watch, and it really helped her for accountability with uh, her mother and some other friends, and they would hold each other accountable. Okay. I got myself because I saw how well I was working for her, and it lasted about two days before I took it off and went back to my Sunto because dings and notifications and this and that. I'm like, I know it, there's some of the dings are like breathe, you know, or right. do something. I could dig that, but sure. I like better sure sure sometimes uh technology is just a overkill right well yeah it's like um we used to talk about you know i'm i am a big tim ferris fan but my uh, monkey partner david and i we talk about how you can get you there's like a bell curve to it where you can get to this point of you're trying to optimize so much that you're just optimizing all day long versus like doing things you know 
That's uh, true. And there's also that paralysis by analysis too. I know a lot of people right. like have those systems in place and I, I see their whiteboard and I'm like, Oh my God, where do you even start? Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's certainly a balance, but, but oh, that's really, well, um, you have a big launch coming up here. This is Thanksgiving week. And, uh, I want to have two, two things I definitely want to cover is like, I'm thankful for, for a lot of things. I'm thankful for you, Dan. So I definitely want to cover like what we're thankful for. And then I also want to make a, attention to your big drop on this Friday. Oh, thanks, man. All right. Yeah. You want to start? Uh, sure. Well, I'm all about giving thanks. Um, God, this year has been crazy, obviously, for everybody, right? If there's anything, though, I think that we can take away from this is a sense of community is very important, communication and, and being open, and also being grateful for the things that we probably took for granted, you know, like seeing an uncovered face, you know, at the store and seeing that person smile or being able to go to your favorite place or being able to go visit friends or family. So, um, gosh, but even though this is all crazy and stuff and I've, I've had two gyms close in one day and, you know, I've lost friends and family and stuff. There's been some amazing things I'm thankful for, like the opportunities to get to speak with great people like you, uh, Brad Kearns, Dr. Craig Marker, Eric Frohart working with Pavel. Are you kidding me? That's like a total, <laughs> moment, you know, like, um, and Dan, John and Pat, Flynn. I've had Pat Flynn on like seven times. Oh, nice man. Yeah, he's such a great guy to talk with. He's all about minimalist working out too. He wrote the book on it, right? Right. So, um, yeah. Um, I could go on a long list of the people I'm, I'm grateful for, for being on the show. Um, and it's been also cool with uh, uh, companies like Patagonia and, and Fjall Raven and all these companies that kind of went on hold in March like we all did. And then they, they found ways to safely get back to production and, and reintroduce things. And like Outdoor Retailer didn't happen this year, um, which is the biggest – event in this hemisphere for seeing what's new and upcoming for gear for all kinds of outdoor, like from, you know, a little bit of hunting, but mostly just like recreational outdoor stuff. Right. And so, you know, and a lot of magazines have shut down. A lot of places have closed down. Somehow we've tripled in riders. We're like 35 riders now. Oh, wow. Which is great. Yeah. And a really diverse backgrounds, like men and women, all ages and ethnicities and different places around the world. And so I'm really thankful that, you know, a lot of them have stepped up and started covering topics that I know nothing about. Stand up paddleboarding, climbing like you do. I don't know anything about climbing. Um, kids, I don't have kids either. Like, I don't know what it's like to take a kid camping. Sure, <laughs> well, I've sure. camped with kids, and I know it's, it's not easy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll stop going on my thankful tangent, but very thankful for a lot of things. And so hopefully that gave you a little, gave you a little bit of time there to think about it. Oh, yeah, man. No, I, uh, I'll just say I'm thankful for the monkeys, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I just, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for the monkeys. So, you know, yes. our whole, our whole business and foundation has been because the monkeys have come back to support us year after year. So thanks guys. Monkeys. <laughs> yeah. I keep, man, this is bugging me. I keep like having this thought and then it, it slips away. I didn't drink enough coffee or something. <laughs> oh, here's what I want to do. I want to yeah. see if there's a, I put out an Instagram. I want to see if there's any questions for that folks sent oh. in. While we're live, let's see here. What do we got? Let's see here. Okay. The wild man, Brock Blades. He says, I've had a tendency to focus too much on one thing. He wants to know how to have a well-rounded training and fitness program. Any thoughts? Yeah. Well, what's this one thing he's stuck on? Or what's he he doing the most of? Do you know? Ah, That's a good question. Probably monkeying. (laughs) Do what you're not doing for sure. Right. <laughs> it's easy. I'm guilty of this too. It's easy to gravitate to what you're good at, right? Because everybody likes to feel successful. But man, growth isn't the failure, right? Like 
I don't know about you, but I fail every day. I try something new where I have a pitch and it just doesn't go anywhere, you know, whatever. Sure, and sure. so you learn. So I think for me, like, I know I need to do probably more core work. And I know because I'm, I'm sitting down a lot more. And so I'll go do something. I'm like, oh, my core, I feel it more than usual. Like, so I need to really do that more. Um, and mobility work, I just recently did a flexible steel. You would love it. It's all body weight based. Okay. And it's like moving joints into proper range of motion to, to allow for better movement, not necessarily flexibility, but better movement and allowing you to perform better and safer. It's okay. good stuff. So, um, for me, I need to do more of that more often. So I'm, I'm creating these short videos, kind of like your pirate map themes. So like something like every hour, you get up for two minutes and do the angle mobility drills. The next hour it's shoulder drills. Next hour it's the neck drills. That way you've got some constant movement. Right. Right. To Brock's question, I think just look in the mirror and see, you know, not to like look at yourself in the mirror, but look in the, the proverbial mirror and think what is missing and just do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually, I, I, my answer is going to be very similar. I, I started about, gosh, I don't know. It was a little over a month ago maybe, but I, I've been keeping a daily training journal, which has been, it's so useful to be able to look back and see like, oh wow, I'm doing this like five times a week. Like maybe I need to <laughs> throw in a little more, uh, variety. But yeah, I think as Sean said, you know, it's just the, uh, I know I personally, and I think most folks tend to do what we're good at. So do what you're not doing. Is the short exactly. answer. You will get good and well-rounded. Right. So, so what, uh, what else are you working on? What's cut? What's, what's next? Um, holiday gift guide for engagement. Okay. Uh, every year we, we launch it the week of Thanksgiving and it's a cumulative, uh, basically like, the best gear of the year for us that we recommend for our family members and friends and, okay. and readers. So uh, it's not just a list. I know there's a ton of lists people just like put together in 15 minutes. No, this is taking us two months. We always take us about two months because I, I collectively pull from all the writers. What are your two or three favorite things? And then we do a, a, a short blurb of it and then a video of it so you can see it. And then a link to the more detailed thousand word write up so you can learn more about it. If you're curious, because it might be a big purchase. Um, so we do men's and women's clothing, so we have so many sunglasses, Dan. If you need some sunglasses, I literally have like twelve pairs of sunglasses, like really good ones too. <laughs> okay. Uh, so boots, shoes, um, molecule sent over the air purifier. That oh, big old. Nice. Yeah. So that review will be up tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah. So holiday gear guide, and then the website. Again, everything breaks. So the website broke about two months ago. I decided to completely rebuild it, which is a blessing and a curse. So now it, it works better and it's more streamlined. But okay. Yeah, but keep them busy with uh, that kind of behind-the-scenes nerdy stuff. Okay, right on, man. Watch, you've got to fill me in on what's going on with you. Yeah, let me show you. Uh, I'm standing on Stoic right now. Yes. Check it out. That guy. Oh, that is so cool. So this is this is our one and only prototype. But, uh, yeah, so these surfaces, it's all modular. So this balance beam pops off. Oh, cool. And then these surfaces are removable as well. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a real, and actually we're adding a, uh, there's a wobble feature. So this screws onto the bottom. Let me show you. So this, this will is go super. on the bottom here, and then it turns into a balance board. Oh, I love it. And I love the name Stoic too. Oh, yeah. That's so and I've seen pictures of this on your in your uh, social media, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And especially a lot of people sit stand desk, and this is a perfect tool for that. Yeah, it's like we realize it's basically a gym for your feet. Like that's what it is in a nutshell. 
<laughs> Gym for your feet. I and, love it. And it's, uh, you know, I stand on it, you know, all day, pretty much every day. And it's, you're, I notice I'm kind of like, it's all, it's all subconscious, but you know, I'm doing like little calf raises and playing with my toes and grabbing stuff. And it's just, you know, we literally, to make this, we, we went down to the river, glued rocks to a piece of ply, ply, ugh, excuse me, plywood and shipped it off. It, it got 3d scanned. So it's, you know, it's, it's essentially what we made, you know, from uh real natural surface or uh, material. So it's, um, I think it's really cool. That's super cool. A gym for your feet. I love it. I'll, I'll buy one as soon as possible. <laughs> well, I got to send you a, I need to send you a 360 and then I think, uh, you probably need a stoic as well. So I do for sure. My wife was intrigued too. Yeah. I'll put that to use immediately. Yeah. It's one of those things like it's not comfortable, but it's not painful either. It just, it kind of like, you know, if something's too comfortable, then you just like your body just kind of shuts down. It's an, it's just uncomfortable enough where you're engaged, if that makes sense. So, yeah. and that's what it is. Like we didn't make it to be this like cush standing mat. It's, it's a gym for your feet. You know, you gotta be uncomfortable. I like it keeps you active. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember I wanted to ask you now, and I want to be respectful of your time. Do you need to bounce here at 11? Yeah, good. Okay. Good. Well let's, let's rock and roll then. Hey, uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, do you do any sort of like breath specific breath work training or is that something you're into or explored at all you know what uh i i did look into this my friend eric frohart who's been on the show before um he's a bow hunter as well okay uh, and he turned me on to the oxygen advantage oh, okay yeah yeah actually i have it on my kindle um i haven't i haven't finished it yet but it's really good okay um i did the audiobook because i you know prior to COVID, i used to, i would drive a lot so right. audiobooks are how i consume my content and the author, I think he's Irish, great voice. And uh, it's really cool. Basic, basically, nose breathing, right? Right. Um, and th- there are recommendations, and I don't do this, but taping your mouth shut when you sleep. Now, Eric does that. That's next level. But he's also a retired Navy SEAL sniper, so he's pretty badass. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but basically being cognizant of aware that you're breathing through your nose, right? And at first, a lot of people, myself included, I've got pretty bad allergies. I, I didn't think I could breathe through my nose. But now that I, I consciously do that, the cavity feels more clear. Okay. It's not to explain it. And then um, like what I just did, I breathed in and I would hold my breath. The opposite of that, you would exhale and then hold your breath. That would be a more true test of your capacity. Right. Um, it's really worth checking out. I'd love to get your feedback after you get done with the book. Sure. Um, and then there's other ones. Uh, there's a second wind from Strong First, which I have not done. Okay. But Pablo did touch on a little bit of the breath work in the in the Strong Endurance Manual. There's a, a little bit of stuff in there too. But basically, yeah, breath work. I've just been working on. Do you ever track your heart rate variability? I do not. I think you would get kick out of it. Okay. Easy rabbit hole to get down too far though. I, I had the Apple Watch, and that was the reason I got it was to track that. And I got neurotic tracking every hour, and <laughs> if it wasn't good, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. You know, right. So I forgot that people vary throughout the day. (laughs) It can't always be good. Um, But it's uh, as you're doing the heart rate variability, it's easy to be really aware of your breath. So you can do like the box breathing, you know, four, 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 five, five. I get up to six, 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 six. And that's like four or five breaths per minute. So you really get efficient. Right. And it really calm things down mentally and, and things just work in your heart rate eventually lowers. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, man. I think I, 
I, uh, I really got into like the nasal only breathing this past winter and I would do Tabatas on the, on the airdyne. Oh yeah. And that like, I, it was super, I mean, I couldn't do it actually when I first started, I could do maybe two or three rounds, which that's what a minute and a half, two minutes. And I just, I couldn't do it. But as I, as I kept trying, I could get farther and farther. And then eventually like, you know, the full eight rounds was no big deal, but I think there was something about doing it in the high, with the high intensity that kind of helped maybe speed up that adjustment or something like that. But now it's like almost second nature. Right. So it was like, it was doing the, the sprints and that just the crazy like hyperventilation through the nose. Now it's like, you know, it can just, it's like, uh, I read breath. Is it breath or breathe? The James Nestor. I could yeah, popped up. Yeah, people recommended that book. I can't I remember if it's breath or breathe, but it's James Nestor. That was really good. And then, um, I, I breathing for warriors. I have oxygen advantage and, um, I've been, I've been looking at like Brian McKenzie stuff, some XBT stuff. And, um, yeah, it's something I'm really interested in. I just have a hard time personally, like sitting down doing it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I can do yoga and focus on the breathing with the movement, but I don't know. I, I, I wonder if I have kind of like an ADHD like tendency. I could see that. You it's, have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I wonder if that's like, yeah, I don't know. It's never been like a, a problem, but I think I definitely, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I notice my attention shifts rapidly throughout the day. So I feel you on that. Yeah. I, that's why I like being an entrepreneur. So I'm really good. I feel like for like two or three hours, I can really hyper focus yeah, yeah. in one area. And right. I'm like, all right, I'm, either burnt out or not as effective as I could be shift over somewhere else. Right. And I, I have like a probably four part day and it, it seems to work really, really well that way. Smart man. Yeah. I, I've always thought like with just life in general, like I grew up, my whole life was seasons, right? Whether it was like school and then summer or like to me it was sports really. It's like everything was seasonal, you know, off season, preseason, postseason, And then uh, even work, you know, after college I spent, it was like five years, basically. Like I was a seasonal, yeah, I'd work, I was a ranger, a firefighter in the summer and then in the winter would do, you know, various other things. But yeah, man, I think like that, just the crank for eight hours straight, just, I, that's another thing. Like I just, that's not a evolutionary conducive, evolutionarily conducive to just the human temperament, I think. Oh, I'm with you on that. I, and fortunately, like, like you and I have like different income streams, right? Like yeah. you create like passive income and so it's not like uh time for money necessarily I, I still do time for money for sure but like it's nice to have the ability to uh positively affect a large audience um through teaching and and you know creating content and building devices um i was going to ask you and out a lot of respect like you mentioned you were a, a wilderness forest fire for five years and really close to home here in colorado we had the worst fire season ever like, what is your take on that? And how close did it affect you? Man, I remember, uh, I was, I think I was working out in my garage and I was walking into our house. We live in Superior now and it's, we're just up kind of, so you can see like North along the front range. And I remember seeing this smoke and it was like real close. And I kind of did a double take because there's, there were so many fires going on. Seeing the smoke wasn't surprising. It was how close it was. that was surprising. And I went, I went in immediately and saw like new fire, Calwood fire, just North of Boulder. And man, that thing got close. That was, you know, it was, we were in no danger whatsoever where we were, but 
it was just like you could see flames essentially from our back porch, which was that's just a wild situation to be in. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that are going into this wildfire season, but I know one reason actually I want to get out of firefighting was because I think the fire suppression just wasn't good for the forest in general. And part of the reason why we're seeing these bigger fires now is because there's essentially been this fuel buildup since, you know, fire suppression started. I think I want to say it was either post world war one or post world war two, but you know, it's been almost a hundred years now. So, um, you know, and that's why I was drawn more to the wilderness side where it's interesting just from an agency management practice and policy. Like if a fire starts in the wilderness, they let it burn or at least, you know, they might suppress some of it, but they'll kind of shepherd it. And they're not just going to go full on frontal attack to put this thing out. Whereas like, you know, if a fire starts closer to in, in a, just kind of a standard forest or BLM land designation, it's that thing's going out quickly, which, you know, in some cases, like I get it, like structures of people's homes are there. Like that's, I think that's a totally reasonable approach, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of politics behind it in the sense of people don't, people don't understand like fires, a natural part of the forest ecology and life cycle. And so burning, letting things burn just doesn't look good. Like the optics of it don't look good, you know? So there's certainly like a political side, but yeah, man, I mean, it made me, uh, I, I don't miss it. That's for sure. Like sucking smoke all summer is not fun. And, you know, props to the firefighters out there. I still have a bunch of friends that do it and, uh, it's hard ass work. It's super fun. Don't get me wrong. There's some, it was like for that time in my life, it was unbelievably fun. I, the first fire I went on, it was in 2008 in California. This dry lightning storm came through, started like, I think like 300 little fires that all kind of coalesced into these huge, you know, multi-thousand, 10, hundred thousand acre fires. And I think it was like maybe the second or third day they hand me this like 44 Magnum looking thing that shoots like fire grenades and told me to climb this mountain and start shooting it off like into the woods. Cause we were, we were doing uh we were burning. We were, we essentially started a fire to stop the fire, which sounds counterintuitive, but really effective. And, uh, like, you know, I was 23 at the time and, uh, it was just so, you know, it was like, you gotta shoot a gun. Oh, it, was, it was so much fun, you know, but, uh, it definitely wasn't just something I want to do forever, but you know, props to the guys and gals out there doing it. Cause it's, it's hard ass work and it's, um, it's full on. Yeah. Oh, I love your insight. I, I, I did not think about that the way you presented it. So thank you for turning me on to that. And, um, God, I, I was checking those fires every day. Oh yeah. There's the, I was checking them every day because I've never seen anything like it. So Jones Pass got closed. And like right. we were I was up there camping and I was like, there's a lot of smoke coming on from somewhere. And then my friend went up to the, to the pass and took a picture. It looked like hell, just fire everywhere. Right. Right. And then went to Grand Lake. And then the next day that was on fire. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? And then the Rocky Mountain National Park's on fire. And then Fort Collins. I'm like, what? And then the air quality was just crap. And uh, so I was like, I can't fix the outdoor air quality. So I pitched Molecule. I'm like, can we fix the indoor air quality? Sure. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, what a fascinating take on it. And I figured there was some kind of method of using fire to fight fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, especially when they're that big, it's like, you know, just you can't, the heat that comes off those, like when it's like a crown fire, like when the whole tree's burning. I mean, you wouldn't believe, first of all, it sounds like a freight train 
driving through like a dynamite factory. It's just so loud. And then just the heat that comes off, you just, you think you're far away, but man, it's like, it's, uh, it's hot. So yeah, it's just, you know, and there's certainly other factors. Climate change is certainly a factor. The beetle kill here in Colorado is certainly a factor. You know, there's a, it's a, it's definitely a multifactorial situation across the West, but I think one thing, like kind of the solution in a way is more fire or at least like, you know, we used to actually spend a lot of time. We would go through what they called units and we'd cut basically younger trees. So we'd cut all these younger trees that were below a certain diameter, make huge piles. And then in the fall we'd go back and burn them. So it was like, you know, it was, you're burning in a generally low consequence situation. Typically when there's like weather on the way, that was actually really fun too. Cause you'd go you'd walk around with the, like a propane tank on your back and a flamethrower essentially. <laughs> so you walk up these piles and, you know, blast it. And, uh, yeah, we'd bring hot dogs and brats and have hot lunch. It was fun. You know, it's just what I miss and what I miss about training regularly as well is like that, like going to work physically. I miss that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it would almost be really cool to kind of be able to do like you're doing like, work with people one-on-one directly in, you know, physical presence, but then also take, use that as kind of a laboratory and learning situation to spread the good word of movement and the good word of the wild across, you know, the platforms like zoom where it's, you know, essentially infinitely scalable. So I do, I do miss that. So monkeys, if you want to do some uh, virtual training stuff, let me know. I'd be interested, but also in person. Dude, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I would like to sign up for one of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Dan knows his stuff for sure. He's a great teacher. Well, if like, you need a location, uh, I have two gyms we can operate out of outside. Oh yeah. So so what's the deal? So are you guys? The gym is open. You just have to be outside. We can have up to ten percent capacity. Okay. So for us, that's like fifteen twenty people, and we haven't had any more than twelve since um, May. So we've been way ahead of it. Okay. Gosh, man. We can go outside. We have a whole outdoor activity. Like we have MoveNet. We have two MoveNet setups. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So like real legit setups, okay. right? And then all the weights you'd ever want. I think we have like 25 bar, but we hosted the barbell certification for Strong First. Oh, nice. Okay. So we have all the weight, okay. all, the, all, the, all the stuff. You have the tools. We have the places to hang it up. Okay. I'd love to come for a sesh, man. That'd be fun. And meet our crew. They're, they're badasses. Oh, I believe it. You're hanging out with you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm lucky to have good company for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, you are. Uh, what What is it like? You're the you're the sum of your five most closest yeah. friends or interactions. Would, Isn't that's a thing, right? Yeah, choose wisely, people. Right, right absolutely. People more intelligent or that drive you to be a better person, and it it will because you are a product of your environment. It will, you know, affect you positively. Oh hell yeah. I think I used to the the first gym actually was a coach at was in California. It was actually ran by a gentleman Hans Florin. He's had the nose speed climbing record like I don't know a dozen times. He traded it back and forth. He's like he'll he'll break the record with someone like Alex Honnold, and then Alex Honnold will team up with like Tommy Caldwell and break it. You know, so yeah. but Hans is the man. But uh, we the gym was a hundred percent outside. We had a storage container with all the equipment and then just a little covered area, but we would train rain or shine, cold, hot, whatever. And there was something, I I think there's, there's definitely something to that of like getting that exposed, the environmental conditioning, man. I really think there's like 
just throughout the year. Like, you know, you spend a lot, you're outside all the time. So you get the hot, you get the cold, you get the yeah. rain, the snow. Like, I, there's just got to be something there that, you know, it's, it's hard to like measure objectively, but there's, it's just, again, I like to think about like what's natural for people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I second what you're saying. I really believe, and I'm sure we can find some studies and find some people who know the studies um, of, of exposure therapy and how it benefits, whether it's hot with a sauna or heat right. or with cold, which I love cold. You love cold. You can always dress to the cold. Plus, uh, one of our favorite activities, splitboarding, takes place in the cold. So right. might as well get used to it. But yeah, you're right. I think training outside, and Dan John talks about this, like his his gym, it'll get so cold. He's in, he's in Utah. It'll get so cold that he can barely feel his fingers. I'm like, great, you know? Get more more uh, grip strength right there, you know, and also you don't want to you don't want to launch a thirty two kilo kettlebell right. to onto it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I think everybody should get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. Do you? Like, uh, oh, sorry. Please continue. Like your like your uh, stoic mat, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a threshold. Get used to that threshold. Exactly. Well, I hate like you know I have a two year old daughter. She. She she's barefoot all the time. She runs outside on the gravel rocks and she just sprints across. No hesitation, no flinching, nothing. I come up behind her, I'm doing like the ooh, ah, you know, the wussy feet, man. It's yeah. such a bummer. It is. Well, do you ever get things stuck in your feet? Like I I earth all the time, right? Okay. When I'm camping, like every every six months, I get something stuck in my foot. Oh yeah, yeah. Pull it out, and or my wife. My wife's getting really good at this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a, you know, give and a take for sure. Oh uh, yeah, man. It's just, yeah, I can't, I, I heard someone mention that one time and I run like, they're like, I like to think about just a human as a natural, like a wild animal essentially. Like what would be natural? Well, it's probably, you know, you know, who I think was uh, at least a huge influence on that thought is, uh, Erwin LaCour. Oh yeah. I got his book right there. Oh, nice man. Is that his new one? It is. Yep, okay. It is. I need to read that monkey Kim shout out, uh, she rec- she highly recommended it. So, oh, I remember I wanted to ask you. I need to start taking notes so I don't forget. Um, Dan John, the man. Yes. Oh yeah, he is so, I, I, so because of Pat Flynn. Um, as Pat and I had the best conversations actually off of camera, we just let loose, and he's got an SG, which is that guitar right there, and we just we're dorks. And um, he's a great guy. He's like, you should talk to Dan John. I was like, I can talk to Dan John. And then next day, I know uh, next week or the week after I had Dan John on. So hopefully uh, before Christmas, I have Dan John on again. He's a hoot. He is so fun. Um, and for you out there, if you don't know who Dan John is, if you've ever done a ga- goblet squat or a farmer's carry, Dan John, a lot of things are credited to Dan John. <laughs> that I, I'm always learning something new. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a Dan John original. Well, he's like yeah. the best strength coach you've never heard of. Right. Yeah. And he's written for uh like men's health and like all kinds of publications. And he's just a really down to earth person too. Just oh yeah. Fun. Yeah. He's almost like, he's almost like too down to earth and too like pragmatic and like just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's almost too simple, you know? Yeah. But I couldn't believe I was sitting there talking with him about a bug out bag. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Later that night, my car got broken into my truck and like $8,000 of the gear was stolen. Oh. And I was like, well, I have good insurance. So all, you know, it all worked out. And that person who took it probably needed more than I did. But, um, and it's just stuff. I mean, we get so much stuff anyways, but yeah, it's, uh, Dan, John, I'll, I'll try and link you guys up. He yeah, is I'd love to talk to him, man. Really good guy. He, uh, what's his, I remember, I can't, he has a workout with, I want to say it's like a front rack kettlebell workout where you do squats, 
and then maybe front carries. I can't remember. Do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? There's like a name for it. Um, the one that comes to mind the most is um, the oh, it's it's basically a clean, a press, and squat um, armor building. Okay. And okay. so that one's really, I think it's like two or three cleans, a couple of presses, and a couple of squats. And uh, armor is like pretty much the shoulders to the legs, and it works really well. Okay. I actually, in my, my 11.30 class here, I base off of his 30-30 for 30, which is 30 seconds of a movement, usually body weight, whether it's a, a dog squat or like a air squat or a plank or Davies or whatever, and 30 seconds of rest, and we do it for 30 minutes. I elongate it to, to 38, and then I, you know, so thanks to Dan and John for that, that okay. platform. Yeah, super Shout simple. Out. I think his workout, I think it's something, it was like, you would do like, you know, I can't remember how many squats you'd have two kettlebells front rack do, you know, whatever, 10 squats. And then you do like a 50 yard or 50 foot front rack walk, do it again, like back and forth. I got to look that up. I'll try and find it and put in the notes, but Hey man, uh, I better let you go. If you got a class. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, Dan, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing the Thanksgiving episode. And I'm super excited. I'll, I'll have links for your Friday drop for the – is it the 360? Yeah. So it's uh, we're dropping at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be what? Uh, 9.59 Mountain. And uh, the rest of the world, you have to do the math. But yeah, we're dropping our Black Friday starting 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. And we've got uh, Monkey Bars 2 Special Edition Adventure Kit. We've got Isocore X, which is rad. Really love that thing. We've got Monkey Merino, which I'm not wearing, but I'm wearing a Merino shirt. Um, we got some Monkey Merino coming. Yeah, what? Which, oh, so I mean, yeah, I got you. I, yeah, I got you. You got you got one with your name on that. Don't don't buy one. Um, and then you know we're gonna have more discounts on whatnot on 360 barefoot mats, all that stuff. So yeah, it should be good. Oh, it's awesome. I have links below, and um, I can speak honestly. Uh, Monkey products are fantastic, and they're portable. In my truck, I've got two sets of Monkey Bars, two, nice core. It, they're fantastic. They work. And Thanks, it's money man. well spent with a, a great family man right there, Dan. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, and give it listeners and viewers. Hopefully you found this uh, – I know you found this helpful and resourceful. I'll try and put as much show notes below so you can learn more about the quick and the dead, more about Monkey Dan, uh, more about anything we talked about. And, again, um, email us. Dan or me uh, with questions and we'll do this again uh, sooner than later because we always have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, it was fun, so, man. I'll try not to uh, forget all my questions next time. <laughs> oh, good. I, I have like two pages of notes and I think I only asked two of the questions. So <laughs> we'll have more to get to next time. game up. I know, right? Me too. Every day. <laughs> all right. Much love to you, Dan, you and your family and to you and Gimmer. Right, man. Out. Monkey on. And um, take care. Adios. Adios.